situation where somebody moved out of a house after they was gifted because they couldn't pay the rent and so the new people who moved into the house didn't know to keep feeding these things. A couple of them jumped on the roof of the house and got to jumping up and down on the house. They would all time be throwing rocks and sticks at the house, and they ended up leaving the house. Found out after the fact, the people who originally lived in the house and had to leave were gifted these things every day. Every day. Now, who is changing the behavior of these preachers? This is Bob Gimling, and you're listening to the Paranormal Porter. Welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful night, and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast. It's uh, been amazing. You guys have been amazing out there uh, checking us out and subscribing and downloading, and um, it's just a real, real pleasure. Uh, Of course, I'm your host, Brent Thomas. This is the Paranormal Portal Podcast, and uh, once again, special thanks to Revolver Podcast for making all this possible. Here we are, another great episode of the Paranormal Portal Podcast, presented to you by Mr. Brent Thomas for your listening enjoyment. So we just recently released a podcast uh, with Mr. Jim the Bear King, and as always, we had a great time speaking with him. He took a lot of questions from the chat and answered them just right off and straightforward, and we really do appreciate that. This is actually what was left over from when I cut the last one. So I'm going to present it here uh, as another podcast. Uh, here we go. Jim the Bear King, basically part two. Enjoy. Okay, so we got another question in the chat. 
And this is from a listener, Android Purity. And he says, if he had to estimate, how fast does he think Bigfoot can run? Had a guy one time that I trust. This was on his property. He already knows he's got him on his property. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was coming from the back side of the place, which was interconnecting patches of cutover and uh, open fields. Okay. And he knew that he was going to be... He kind of looked in his rearview mirror and saw one of these things trying to keep pace with him. <laughs> so he just decided, well, I'm going to watch and see how long this goes. So he gets it up to about 48 miles an hour, and this thing was keeping up with him real good, and then it peeled off to the left side of the road and hit the woods. So I know that it can get up to at least 46, 47 miles an hour. Wow. That is flying. That's fast. Yeah. Yes. I think what horse... Average horse speed is 35. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking. I may be wrong now. I'm just shooting stuff out there. What? What's a man supposed to be able to average 15 <laughs> miles an hour or something? Depends on the man. I ain't talking about me and you, Don. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm thinking we're lucky to break a double digit. Yeah, I, I think I, the only I thing know I... If I broke a damn sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd break a sweat. I'd probably break a toe too. <laughs> like, I think I think I can roll about five miles an hour. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But forty-eight or yeah. forty-five mile an hour is pretty darn fast. Right. Yeah, that's beyond that's you know, and that 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 stands to reason because I've heard I've heard tell people have seen them run down deer. Right. And that's that's got to be no easy feat at all because they're flying. Deer are quicker than hell, and to run down a deer well, is no small you, thing. Yeah, no, you're you're right. But think about a deer running across an open field, and then think about that deer shooting between tree limbs and then bushes and everything else in its forest environment. And a booger it has to be not only fast but that dang quick too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you know now that that makes him real sudden. Yeah, like lightning reflexes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but if you don't have nothing else to do every day, <laughs> yeah. you can hang out in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> the jungle gym. You hang out. <laughs> yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably be a little faster if I had to run on, run and catch my food. Yeah, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't have been able to have uh, given a guesstimate if it wasn't for the person that told this I did not trust. Mm. And I knew the situation this person lived in, and he had access to having this event more than likely occur. Mm. And I, I trust him for what he shared with me. And he, he said anywhere from 40 to about 48 miles an hour before he decided to peel off into the bushes. That's all he could do. Well, you know, that's a whole lot better than 45. Well, they can run about 45 to 60 miles an hour. It's like, what the? Well, so, yeah, 40, <laughs> 45 to 48 is a believable speed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And even that, that was bipedally, right? Yeah. It was it was hauling bipedally behind him? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was bipedally. And, you know, I would guesstimate, since I've gone out on the limb with somebody else's advice on that one, 
I would guesstimate that on an average life expectancy, mm-hmm. I would think 45 or 48 is a good average number for the lifespan of a booger, too. I suppose if we were living rough, I know that there was a there was a time when human being life expectancy wasn't much beyond that. And thirty five years, yeah, thirty five to forty years was considered you know advanced age, right? And uh, you know only due to medical you know improvements and, and treatments are we now seeing you know eighty five eighty for an average you know. But otherwise, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be much different. I don't know of no Bigfoot nursing home to put them in, so. <laughs> 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 that that does bring up a good point though do you think that they as they advance in age that maybe they do get that whole salt and pepper thing much like we do much like you know dogs do you, know, you can always tell when you got a pretty old... darn sure of it uh, i've seen what i consider the older ones and every one of them they have their own bad case of salt and pepper a lot of more salt and pepper mm-hmm. okay but uh yeah they 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 get older and I think they become liabilities to the truth to a certain degree. I think that's why most of them become uh, trash, uh, garbage dump divers. Oh, uh, sure. Ray garbage cans, uh, right. sure. roadkill off the highways. Because if you go looking at a lot of the sighting reports, a lot of them, uh, usually seen in that capacity, are older looking ones, so white described as white or mm. gray or uh even injured you know uh sure i believe when they become a liability to the truth they're sort of thrown out on their own to a large degree right right i think that you know now more than ever of course more and more people are having these discussions you know i think just going back to don and i being at the the festival this last weekend and then of course madeline falls before that those are more of a you know more of a modern uh, uh, event. There it wasn't too long ago, nobody was talking about Bigfoot, and now it seems like nobody. It's pretty trendy now, you know. Well, it's trendy, but is it healthy to be that way? And I'll tell you why that is. When I mentioned earlier about getting on the computer in 1999 and finding a whole world of people out there that wants to talk about this thing, just like, you know, for years, especially after my grandfather passed away, mm-hmm. I didn't have nobody to talk to. Sure. So then you, you got a, a whole new line of people out there that is questioning everything. And this is in 1999 to uh, even up till 2007 or eight. But you you have so many people coming out of the woodwork now telling not only do these things walk on two legs, they'll jump on all fours and run around as a knuckle walker. They climb trees. They'll do this. They'll do that. You've got more people now that want to make more of less than it is out of this creature. And uh, it causes a lot of confusion. That's why... This community will never be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more acceptable now. I think it was healthy and good to have skeptics. Sure. I'm not talking about assholes who just piss you off because <laughs> that's all they want to do is make you mad by telling you there ain't no such thing as one with absolutely no proof. Because they get first thing they're gonna say is, "Well, where's your proof there is some?" You know. Right. But uh, it it is. It can be a double-edged sword. That's all I'm yeah. saying. We can 
we can be too readily acceptable of what people want a Bigfoot to be. One of our chatters, Black Rabbit, says, uh, uh, are you talking about the, the gifting? Yep. Um, well, so um, wants to know if you agree with gifting, like, you know, giving them gifts and food and things like that. And have there have been any negative encounters while attempting uh, that have been reported while attempting to gift uh, uh, or, or, or uh, habitate? The only bad reports we've ever had is once somebody started, as this person calls it, gifting, uh, once they start something, they better be able to finish it. Uh, that's when the bad starts. Had people, one guy was in Afghanistan fighting in the 90s. <clears throat> when he left, he had his grandfather to keep feeding these things while he was in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. While he was in Afghanistan, his grandfather had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. He was placed in the hospital. He had a bunch of goats on his property, and they had two German Shepherd dogs and something else. Uh, while the grandfather was in the hospital, 57 of his goats were slaughtered and killed, and both of his German Shepherd dogs were killed. Wow. The only thing they could figure out was it was in retaliation for the fact that they wouldn't get their gift. Wow. So did they just kill the goats, or did they just, like, eat them, too? Or what? <laughs> Probably ate them. <laughs> I didn't hear about the eating part. All I heard was that they killed them, and... The son found out about it and got uh, to come back from Afghanistan. But by then, all this damage was done, and he figured out what it was, <laughs> was nobody was there to continue gifting right. their forest friends, you know. Uh, had another situation where somebody moved out of a house after they was gifted because they couldn't pay the rent, and so the new... Uh, people who moved into the house didn't know <laughs> didn't know to keep feeding these things oh, no. and uh a couple of them jumped on the roof of the house and got to jumping up and down on the house they would all the time be throwing rocks and sticks at the house and they ended up leaving the house mm -hmm. and <laughs> found out after the fact the people who originally lived in the house and had to leave were gifting these things every day. Oh, every day. No. Now, who is changing the behavior of these creatures? Is it the creatures? Right. Or is it somebody giving them something they're not supposed to be given to? Mm -hmm. And then once they start it, how do you decide to quit it? On your terms or the booger's terms? Yeah. I'll even go one deeper than that. Okay. Say you feed them chocolate cake every night and you ended up having a heart attack. Somebody else moves into that house. Say somebody with a baby son or baby daughter and these things retaliated against them because of the fact that you was feeding this thing chocolate cake every day. Then this father sees this thing stalking around this house, so he goes and puts a 30 out 6 slug into one or two of these boogers out there. Now, who is the guilty party through all of that shit? 
Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to our new sponsor, Chime. We're all working to get back on our feet, and the financial decisions we make now are more important than ever. Hidden fees, monthly minimums, and other pitfalls of banking make it seem that most banks aren't working with you. They're working against you. Introducing Chime. Chime is an award-winning app and debit card with no hidden fees or monthly minimums. Chime's SpotMe program offers fee-free overdraft protection on up to $200 in debit purchases. So, Chime's got your back. With direct deposit, you can access your funds up to two days earlier. There's no hidden fees, monthly minimums, and there's over 60,000 fee-free ATMs at Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, and more. That's more than the top three national banks combined. With Chime's amazing security, you can rest assured your money is safe with real-time protection features. Saving is a breeze with Chime. You can enroll in an optional savings account with 0.50% annual percentage yield. That's 10 times the national average. So join the millions on Chime. Sign up takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Apply now at Chime.com paranormal. That's Chime.com paranormal. Chime is a financial technology company banking services provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. Early direct deposit depends on the payer. Out-of-network cash withdrawal fees apply. Third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Go to Chime.com paranormal for details. Grandpa told us, what you saw, you didn't see. Don't go telling everybody about it. They're going to give you teetotal hell about it. And he was right. And, and, you know, you brought up another, uh, another great point on one of our previous uh, discussions as well from another show. But you were talking about the foods that we eat and what what is that to them and how can that affect them. Could you go into that a little bit? Well, I'm a type 2 diabetic. I was diagnosed at three years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't have sugar anymore. Every time I eat sugar now, it, it's uh, my A1C goes sky high. My doctor has a heart attack. <laughs> he has worse one than I do. But uh, if you give these things something, I, I'll even go simpler than that. Let's go. Let's let's even go simpler than that. Okay. Say you start feeding this thing Snickers candy bars or something all the time, then all of a sudden, say it's biting down on some meat in the woods and it cracks into a bone trying to get to the marrow, and all of a sudden it splits its uh, eye teeth over here. Sure. Then he comes up to your house and tears into that Snickers chocolate bar. Mm. And what in the hell if all of a sudden that thing goes abscessed or if it uh, starts rottening because yeah. of what you give to that mm-hmm. innocent creature, one that tr- respects you enough that they don't want nothing to do with you but you don't respect it enough that you can't leave it alone by giving it a bag of popcorn. But uh, say it has a bad day and it can't eat nothing on that side of its mouth. Yeah. That's when it decides to go next door and steal uh, your next door neighbor's cat just had a 
box of kittens. Mm -hmm. So four or five kittens show up gone all of a sudden. How do you know that your Snickers candy bar didn't have all of that occur? Right. Yep. And I'm pretty sure the boogers don't have dentists, so there's no way to fix that. No, they don't have no dentists. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. None. But I think Or, you know, what if it can't eat no more and then it slowly dies a very painful death? Right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's important because I don't think, you know, I think people probably do it with the best of intentions, but they really are creating a huge problem. And we, the other thing is food allergies. We don't know how our really complex processed foods are going to go for them, and it could cause nope. real problems, you know. Well, look at what peanuts does to certain people. And that's, right. yeah. on, if you count in years' time, that was a fairly new thing, even though it's been, you know, since... 30 years since we found it out, but those people actually swelling up and having problems with some peanut butter. And how's it not wrote down? Because that's one of the things, hell, it sounded like I'm telling everybody what not to feed a Bigfoot by telling them what in the hell to feed them. But (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people stick peanut butter jars out in the woods. Mm -hmm. And how do we not know that, you know, we're not, how do we not know that we didn't kill one of the very infant ones yeah. who was just so happened to be alerted to this, sure. and this occurred back in the troop sanctuary, and nobody knew this even happened, and you sit out there telling everybody how much you love the forest people, and you feed them all the time, all this good stuff. Yeah. How do you know you're not killing them? How do you know that you haven't already killed one? Right. How can a person be, I mean, we was talking earlier about me going out there wanting to prove they exist by killing one, by putting a bullet in it. Sure. How, how do people not know that that peanut butter ain't putting a bullet in one every time they stick a can of it out in the woods? Sure. I've seen pictures of skunks and possums and raccoons who've got their whole heads stuck in those jars. Yep. Sure. Yep. And... And you're just seeing the ones that stumbled around a neighborhood where somebody had a cell phone, or you're seeing the jars out in the woods mm-hmm. where these animals are dying a slow, starving death because of that damn jar stuck over its head. Yep. Right. Yep. Good point. Uh, another person. Who's being respectful and who's being disrespectful? Um, another question from the chat is from Rachel. The, uh, she she says, would it be bad or good idea to plant a separate garden for them to harvest from uh, to keep them away from your, your uh, proper crops or your personal crops? I've heard of that happening, and I've heard of it happening successfully. Uh, also heard of it happening, and then it kept the crows and the coons and the possums and the deer very happy because they loved eating both gardens. But... Uh, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you give them one, they figure they got to have the rest of it, you know. So, but no, I've heard of situations where people planted a separate garden above. My granddaddy never said that he did. He had always planted a lot more black-eyed peas at the upper end, but he also knew that with as many as we had as it was anyway, we was going to get more than our share, so he kind of was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. His was just a race to see if he could get them before the boogers could. (laughs) Who was quicker at harvest, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, you go picking up the rolls until you run into the patches where something done been in the middle of it. It's the same way with the corn. Uh, they'll they devastate the end rolls of some corn. Actually, they walk up to a darn cob and take one big old bite out of it, just one bite. <laughs> then throw the husk and what's left of the inner cob and the uh, corn on the other side on the ground. One bite, that's all they'll take out of corn. Really? Why they do it that way, I have no clue. So, yeah, that's strange. It's like, do they not like it? or? <laughs> or... No, they love it. They just like it one bite at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one bite of each, one bite at a time. There you oh, go. I got a bite. I need yep. a fresh one. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Now, do you think that they understand language, our language? Do you think there's any possibility that they've learned some of our words? Very strong possibility, but are they learning individuals' words or are they learning our language, if you get my drift? Uh, I know the ones that were on our property would mimic, like my grandmother calling me, my brother, my sister in the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would mimic her a lot. And... uh, I, I've heard them at times call uh, the cattle call, which was my granddaddy. He'd use it every evening to bring in all of his cows and horses, you know, to pin them up in the evening uh, pasture mm-hmm. so we can keep up with them. And uh, he'd do this, what he called a cattle call, every evening about 5 o'clock. And these things started mimicking my granddaddy doing the cattle call. Uh, my granddaddy passed away in 91, and they was mimicking the call up until 2014 on my granddaddy's place, even though my granddaddy sold all his cattle in 1989. Wow. It's strange how that sticks around. Uh, I've been told... Uh, I've listened to chattering and these recordings of some of the chats from different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, you compare them up to the California Sierra sounds. Sure. Uh, I've heard chats from Ohio. I've heard chats from Pennsylvania. I've heard them from Georgia, uh, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma. And here's the funny thing about this. We, we're talking about do they know language. Mm-hmm. I know that Every chatter I've listened to from the South has a Southern drawl associated with it. Wow. Wow. It's funny. Yeah. How you can catch that it has a Southern drawl type to the chatter from the South compared to other areas of the country. And I laugh about that. I mean... (laughs) You could tell a regional difference in the dialects. Wow. I suppose it you know it, it happens for us in just using English. Um, perhaps in their language it would just have the same effect just by separation. They would they would have maybe individual characteristics based on the region. Well, I've heard certain cultural and uh, first nation and uh, Indian say that it's not only interspersed with some what they call American, but they do have various chants, chants that uh, some of the language recognized is of ancient uh, 
First Nation people in that area. Mm-hmm. And then you look at all the dialects. I mean, it's hard to say how in the hell a uh, booger in Tennessee is speaking uh, Sioux native uh, languages in Tennessee. Was he lost or what, you know? Yeah. But uh, I've heard various tribes tell me that they have recognized certain words or phrases in some of the dialect. Wow. So like, uh, for instance, listening to the Sierra sounds, they may recognize some indigenous first first nations words. Probably so. Okay. I think actually, uh, I can't think of that guy's name. He's somewhere out of Indiana. He, he, he worked for the Navy for a while, but anyway, he's trying to, figure out a language. Right, right. But I, I don't see how one in the Pacific Northwest would know what one in Florida is saying. Okay. I just, I, I just, I can't see it being a universal language. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's interesting because I, I, I know that even, even in Australia, when, when people have reported the the you know the samurai speak it's and then they hear a recording of the sierra sounds maybe it's just to our ears but they seem to have the same kind of inflections and the same kind of uh rapid fire you know chattering that they do but i guess you're right yeah. we, we don't know what the hell they're saying so we can't be sure that they're using the same dialect or a, a similar tongue in that but that is very interesting isn't it it seems to me like it is uh is a Yeti going to talk like one from China, the Yaren or Yaren? Yeah, yep. It, it, it's it, it's just fascinating to think of it. <laughs> it is, you know. But if you think about it, you know, even whales and dolphins have regional dialects and even different uh-huh. different types. Uh, they're they're they're. It seems. It, this is what's reported that they have different languages and dialects. So why couldn't uh, you know? Why couldn't uh, you know Sasquatches and Bigfoots? I mean, because we have different languages and dialects. It makes perfect sense. Like you said, you've heard you've heard them with the Southern drawl. That's kind of odd. <laughs> um, so you know, it makes sense. I mean, it's reported that that even sea creatures have different dialects and oh. and different types of language. So yeah. Well, I guess yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's it's certainly not something that gets discussed, but I think that's a well. It's because we don't speak whale or porpoise for them, or bigfoot for that. There you go. Yeah. Well, unless you're in Russia, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, hey, we have a we have somebody asking a question um, about uh, 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 population. Uh, uh, I know what I saw is asking, um, do you think there's more Sasquatch now uh, than, say, 50 or 100 years ago? Uh, and I think we've talked about population with you before. What do you think the current uh, population might be? Hmm. Maybe, and this might be conservative, uh, a thousand a state with maybe some of the smaller states producing less, whereas some of the bigger states have larger numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
let's say, all right, all right, what, 50 states, and I ain't counting the Hawaii as one of them, <laughs> unless he swims, really will. But uh, a thousand a state. It seems like that, you know. Because you. There's more and more. Re- there's more and more reports coming out. Right. So, so I is mean, there more of them, or is there just m- easier to talk about? Yeah. So the population versus fifty years ago. Uh, I know fifty years ago people wouldn't talk about them as easily as they will now. Right? Sure. Yeah. But do you think? Do you think that? Um, do you think people are getting that impression because just. Is it possible, due to our, our continued encroachment into the wild areas, are they are they just getting pushed out and maybe observed more often now, and that's given the illusion of a higher population, or do you think that mm. they, maybe they're they're doing better because they're, I don't know I don't know why they would do better. Well, now. if you go back, let's take those numbers I started out earlier with. I like using them, I guess, because I was born in '60. But in the 60s, when everybody started moving from the country to the cities, uh, back in those days, you didn't tell nobody nothing. Remember how I come up? Grandpa told us, what you saw you didn't see, don't go telling everybody (laughs) about it. They're going to give you teetotal hell about it. And he was right. Well, nowadays, you can walk into a crowd of people that you don't even know and say, Hey, how many of you believe in Bigfoot? And I guarantee you, you're going to down there start a, uh, uh, a conversation with yeah. somebody. Sure. Yeah, but you couldn't do that in the 60s. Right. Look at the ridicule. Look at the, let's take, for instance, uh, Bob Gimlin, you know, in the Roger Patterson film. He quit wanting anything to do with the subject when all this shit hit the fan with him back in those days. Sure. Bob put up with a lot of ridicule. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, here was a a hunting guide, somebody who goes out in the woods and uh, receives a good check from well, just surviving mm-hmm. uh, by hunting. You know, taking out tour hunting hunting tours in the back country. Uh, that's how he got up with Roger Patterson. It hurt his business. Mm. And for him to, you know, come out and admit to being a part of that. Uh, the 60s, they, that was not a pretty time to tell anybody that you saw a monster. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Now, 2021, everybody's been seeing a monster. Right. And then some, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Uh Getting back for a second, because I shoot all over creation like shotgun. <laughs> Dogman, for instance. Uh-huh. The Dogman community, you can't get one side to say whether it walks upright like a hominid or it has legs like a kangaroo or a regular dog. Mm-hmm. In other words, it needs being backwards, right. just like a dog does. But mm-hmm. you can't get too dogman people to agree on that. Sure. Sure. Yep. Now, which one's the dogman? The padded foot or the five-toed foot with a bad pedicure? I have no clue. Right. Yeah, I hear you. By the way, uh, someone came in and said, uh, 
who let this country boy on the show? Ha, ha, ha. Good to, good to hear Bear's voice. That's Wes. Wes is in the chat room. Oh, Lord. <laughs> hey, Wes, how you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating. But you got to wonder um, if, if we are displacing them perhaps as well by our continued, uh, you know, expansion into the wilder places. Everybody wants that, that nice, nice oh, yeah. house on the wooded hill looking at the beautiful valley. And, and how does that affect, you know, these generations of, of lifestyle that are now affected by this new house there? And does, does that displace them then? And how far can they go? Of course. You know? Of course. Uh as long as they've got backup plans, uh, <clears throat> like my property, you know, in Mississippi, you know, it's near a, a military reservation. And when things get too rough over there, my part, my side of the country, the first thing they'll do, they'll head straight to that military reservation. Hmm. Okay. You know, at times I wonder, Brent and Don, a lot of the, our reservoirs and dam waters and uh, national parks and state parks and uh, federal parks, if you look at a lot of the Corps of Engineer water project systems, especially in the east, mm-hmm. most of those systems took up a lot of land, but it also created a lot of acreage where no hunting is allowed and only camping and no firearms and certain things like that. Plus, a lot of that area is designated national forest and uh, military reservations and nuclear power plants and big mm-hmm. tax liens that spread way out from major municipalities. A lot of those areas, could they not be in a roundabout sort of way protected locations for Bigfoot to have areas to go to for uh, safety zones. Wow. And you can't tell me that they don't recognize the areas where there are no shooting because I know better than that. These mm-hmm. things know where to go when it comes time to get in the hell out of Dodge. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it stands to reason, right, that they wow. they would know where there's no there's no hunting. But don't you don't you also think that that when hunting happens for them, it's kind of like ringing the dinner bell. Like, don't you think they probably steal steal a lot of kills and uh, get the low hanging fruit that way? Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time, but they have taken advantage of the situation there for a fair number of times, especially on bad shots. Anyway, <laughs> a lot yeah. of deer end up sure got shot. Sort or of disappearing. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. But uh. No, it, it seems to me on my property, the way hunting season works, the week before Thanksgiving is always when hunting season with a rifle or firearm starts. Okay. And then this is about the week before Thanksgiving. Week after Thanksgiving is when it seems like the white-tailed deer increase on my property than they did during the Thanksgiving season. Thanksgiving season, when the boogers were still there, when enough hunting pressure occurred in the surrounding area, a lot of shots were, you know, shot at wild game or just sightening guns or whatever. But 
anyway, enough sign or uh, evidence showed that hunting pressure was beginning to increase, so we'd better go find us a, a safe area, which is normally uh, near the deer camp where I hunt. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that military reservation. And if everybody will think about it who listens to this show, I guarantee you that somewhere near you, there's a park or a national forest or a state-owned forest or a military installation or something is near you where these things don't have to worry about uh, human presence. They'll go to these locations and don't have to deal with uh, people just coming and going as they please. Of the deer or the Bigfoot that tries to cross the highway where they actually are seen. We got another question in the chat here. It says, Bear, why is it that some people that have had experiences or sightings of these things find find themselves winning the the bigfoot lottery and you can't get away from them mm. so it's like if somebody sees them uh, suddenly they just seem to be like a magnet you know to attracting more um sightings or or experiences what do you think's going on it, there a lot of that depends i've worked with a lot of first nation groups with this and a lot of them would tell you that uh it's all a peace of mind that a person projects when they go into the woods. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the person that head is swiveling 400 different directions at once. They're the type of person that when a booger gets around one of them, they, they said, the heck with this. I can't, you know, I can't watch my own ass because he's watching it for me because he's damn sure looking for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they say that if you go in the woods with a devil-may-care attitude, go in there like you're not hunting nothing, go in there like you're not taking something from the forest, just go in there carefree, have a good time, walk around, look at everything, uh, listen to everything. Uh, you'll have more success of one. I guess... They called it sort of like a demon, that person worthy enough to present uh, themselves mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that happening before. It's never happened with me. But uh, <clears throat> I could see that attitude prevailing, whereas one that's trying to take something by force or in an incorrect way would not have any luck or success at all doing it. Mm-hmm. It does help to understand what you're looking for. Sure. You're not going to see a full-fledged body. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know how to be sly about your actions, if you see something quick, motion or movement in, in front of you, don't focus on that entirely. Uh, make note of where it's at. Kind of be panning the woods uh, and looking more back in that direction through the corner of the eye, you can catch more movement from the corner of your eye better than you can looking at something dead straight on. Mm, right. Yeah. 
That's that's funny because that actually comes up a lot in in uh, ghostly experiences as well. People always catch things out of the corner of their eye, and and uh, oftentimes when they turn and look, they can't see nothing, but they know they keep seeing motion. So I think that you're absolutely wow. right. It must be the way our eyes work. It really does. It is. I it know is too the much. more you want something, it always plays out that there's less chance of it coming to fruitation. I mean, it just works that way. Right. The more you want it. You, the less shock that it will ever happen. Sure. If you just sit there and just enjoy yourself, whatever you're doing out there in the woods, mm-hmm. you probably have a better option of seeing one doing that than you ever would while you're sitting there looking for one behind every blade of grass. Sure. I mean, and sure. well, that, that just creates a nervous atmosphere and, uh, Boogers don't like nervous. They yeah. don't like it at all. Well, you know, I think you, I think you mentioned something really important, and that is that they deem you worthy. Because I, I, I agree. I think that they are the ones deciding if there's going to be a sighting or not. It's not that we're so good that we catch them. They just choose to let us see or not because they clearly are, are so far advanced to us physically and, and with their capabilities in the forest that we, we're not going to sneak up on them. We're not right. going to no surprise them. They, no they know we're there. So I think the, well, you know, I, I've even heard people talk of, uh, you, you know, they, a lot of sightings on the reports mm-hmm. are where one crosses the road in front of you. And it's usually at night. It does happen in the daytime occasionally, but it happens more so at night than it does any other time. A lot of people want to, say that this is a game to them that they mm-hmm. just sticking their head out of the woods so they can <laughs> see the reaction of the people in the vehicles but that's further from the truth than anything okay that's like saying a white-tailed deer across the highway just so it could commit suicide on your vehicle that ain't the case <laughs> a lot of times headlights and the sound of a vehicle coming down the highway and an animal has almost committed itself to crossing at that location, all it's thinking about is getting from point A to point B, which is the other side of the highway. Then it gets up there and say to the road line, and then it hears a vehicle coming down the road. Or if it, at night, not only is the vehicle coming down the road, it's blinding the hell out of me with those bright-ass headlights. I can't see what I'm doing. So maybe it's best for me to hurry up and get across this highway as quick as I can, not knowing how close the headlights are or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it's the nervousness of the deer or the Bigfoot that tries to cross the highway that prompts them into making those crossings where they actually are seen. Mm -hmm. I don't think those sightings are premeditated or planned out. I think it's just their nervousness of getting from point A to point B is what caused the sighting to actually occur in the first place. Oh, okay. So it was like an anxiety. Because I know before we've talked yes. about that, and, and you brought up a, a very interesting perspective about, like, the counting coup. You know, like, mm-hmm. is that, a, is oh, that yes. a situation where they're like, hey, watch this. You know, hold my beer. I'm going <laughs> to run across the road. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I know yeah. they can hear our cars coming for miles, you know, so... What do you think? Well, it's not only that. I've walked up out of some deep-ass bottoms Mm -hmm. and not even known that I was taking the next step on that level plane onto a road. I didn't even know a road was anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. And then once, you know, 
with that cliff face in front of me, and I'm proceeding up the hill, out of breath. There I go again, picking on you again, Don. Me and you be hoofing and puffing up that damn hill. But, uh, <laughs> but I didn't even realize the proximity of that road, even with traffic coming back and forth until I got, boom, there I was on the road, and then, boom, there vehicles are. Wow. Uh, okay. Me and you, no one like me and you know, well, hell, we've learned our whole lives. Don't you dare cross that street unless you look both ways before you cross that highway. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, a booger ain't getting that damn homeschooling, you know? <laughs> uh, sure. All it knows is it walked up this damn mountain. It wants to get to the other side of that road. It looks up. There's traffic coming from both directions. And I'm standing here like a dumbass wide out in the open, which is the last place I want to be. And so, boom, he goes across the road. Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's important, too. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect uh, explanation, I think. That's very possible. But, uh, you know, I think in, in terms of people seeing them in the forests, they do choose that, though, right? I mean, do you agree with that? I think most of the times it is. Yeah. Accidents do happen. Sure. I have seen these things. I run up on them, and it looks as scared of me as I'm as scared of him. <laughs> and I can see that happening all the time. Sure. I've seen it with uh, other wild animals on TV, you know, a bear or whatever. A lot of times you walk up on each other, not even thinking one of the others in that part of the same part of the world at the same time. What are the odds of that happening? Uh-huh. Uh, I see accidents do happen. Sure. Uh, that that even goes so far back, which I'm not playing on anybody or messing with people. If this thing could fade in and out of existence like it did, could you know, it's said that it could, it sure picks some hellacious opportunities to pop in and out. Why don't they just foresee what there is they can pop in and on? Then it wouldn't be as much headache and excitement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, it's 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 a it's a conundrum all the same, but I think it's it's inc- oh, it's fun! It's a great adventure. I, you know, <laughs> if people love getting outdoors and they know they know about the outdoors, and I ain't talking about just going down to your city park. Yeah. I'm talking about going out in the woods and just having a good time. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, I'm going out looking for Bigfoot. You know, you really ain't going out there looking for Bigfoot because you ain't finding Bigfoot anyway. If anything, he's finding you. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to do it is allow him to pick and choose. Then once he picks and chooses and looks at you for a little while, mm-hmm. he may decide you're worthy enough to present itself to. Sure. So, see, then you can walk around with a big head saying, look at me, everybody. I'm special. <laughs> and that'll get you a donut. And maybe a And an interview on the on the paranormal portal. <laughs> yeah, one of them too. <laughs> well, brother. Oh man, it, it's it's an adventure it, always, but it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Always do. Always have fun when time flies. Yeah. Uh, the Bigfoot Outlaw Radio is not gone. I want to say that for you. Run me off. Oh. Uh, we're coming back. We may not come back uh, four or five shows a year. I think that's plenty of shows to do. Our uh, uh, objective is not to 
have see who is the flavor of the week to put on the show. We're just going to do mainly a lot of things that we've learned through trial and error going out there stumbling around running in the tree trunks looking for a booger that we're told don't exist, but we know different. Uh, why would we waste our time otherwise? Because if we are, we show spending a lot of money that we don't need to be blowing on nothing. <laughs> well, they can find that on on uh, Bigfoot Crossroads page on YouTube, right? Yeah, they can find it on Bigfoot Crossroads. We do have a Facebook page. Uh, anybody can join. It's called Bigfoot Outlaws Hideout. H-I-D-E-O-U-T, one word. Bigfoot Outlaw Hideout, if you want to talk to us over there. A lot of us, uh, we do post pretty regularly, and we keep up with things over there. But that's how you can keep up with us more so is uh, Bigfoot Outlaw Hideout on Facebook. Uh, when the radio show comes back, we'll let everybody know plenty of time. We'll even let you know so you can talk to folks for us. Oh, we'll do that for sure. Absolutely, brother. And uh, Enjoyed it, Don. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made it, and it was a good one as always, Big Brother Bear. If you need me, you know where to find me. All righty. Well, we'll definitely have to get you back on uh, some point in the near future, but uh, it's always been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate your, your insights and your down-home approach to all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, brother. Thank you again. Appreciate y'all too, guys. Y'all keep doing what you're doing because y'all must be doing something right. Y'all got bigger than the last time I talked with you. <laughs> People keep putting up with us, so that's a good thing. But, uh, ladies uh, y'all good old boys. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows, Journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, out, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day. And remember to laugh as much as you can. 